Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience, a first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and indulgence, to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode, I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Today, I am really excited to have Zara Lord on the show with me. Zara is an intensive care nurse and the founder of a technology company called UPaged. She's worked in large tertiary referral hospitals in Brisbane and Sydney, in a rural hospital in remote northwest Queensland, and even spent some time volunteer nursing in Malawi in Africa. Zara founded UPaged almost three and a half years ago to solve the multitude of problems that exist between agency nurses and hospitals. Today, nearly 3,000 nurses across Australia use UPaged as an online nursing portfolio to store their nursing credentials and showcase their expertise. UPaged also connects nurses to meaningful work in minutes. Zara is all about delivering value and enabling informed clinical decision making. Also big on her agenda is delighting users with technology that doesn't require an in-service to learn, which all nurses know is a novelty in healthcare. Welcome to the show, Zara. It's lovely to have you on. Thank you for having me, Elena. It's such a pleasure to be here. I love how you're kind of shaking up the recruitment sector and nursing and making it easier for nurses to connect with facilities. Thank you. There's a portion of the workforce that's always going to want flexible on-demand work. We're trying to bring meaning back to that where a quality placement can be made, but not only in the placement, but the informed clinical decision-making that occurs with that decision is such a big part of it because what one manager sees as a good match for their shift is different to what another manager or another department sees as a good match. So building technology that's specific to the needs of the varying different healthcare organisations and departments and specialisations is something that's so important for me. I love it. I think it's such a clever idea. Thank you. Appreciate it. And as someone who does rostering, I can see how beneficial it would be. It's just, yeah, it's like gold someone like me. Well, I take my hat off to you in rostering because I get calls from people in hospitals doing the rostering and it's a battle like a game of Tetris you're constantly juggling moving pieces and just when you have it sorted someone calls in sick or another patient arrives. Uh, likewise I take my hat off to you with the juggle you have every day. 
Oh, thank you. I actually enjoy it in some weird kind of way. It's <laughs> that challenge every fortnight to get it out. It's good fun. It's been a huge learning experience for me, actually. And it gives you a real insight into what goes on in the background when it comes to allocating skill mixes, especially. So I love what you do with your app and that each nurse has their own portfolio so that they can be matched with the establishment. That's right, yeah. And it's specific to that nurse's skills, their experience, their postgrad, whether they work at this hostel or how highly they're rated. All of that goes into this decision-making tool. But at the end of the day, we're not saying this nurse is definitely the nurse for you or this shift is definitely the shift for you. We're giving everyone all the information to make that decision. And then it's all about instant connection. So there's no more middleman on the phone calling the hospital and through a supply chain of staffing meetings and phone calls, sending a nurse to a department. It's actually the department manager on the floor engaging directly with this on-demand nurse that goes between lots of different facilities. We kind of see it as an extension of a hospital's casual pool. So where you have some nurses that work casually for your organisation, we have a pool of nurses that work casually in lots of different organisations, be it public, private, telehealth, you name it. And so what that means for these nurses is they get a full spectrum of work opportunities available to them, which is really cool. So I know you're predominantly on the East Coast of Australia at the moment. Can nurses travel within the East Coast or are they limited to one city? They can travel if they want, yes. And you just set set a new radius, set a new postcode in your preferences, set how far from that postcode you're willing to travel, and you'll automatically see shifts in your area. That's wonderful. It's really empowering for the nurse and where she can go and work rather than being reliant on the agency to call them and allocate. Yeah, that's right. And even if you're just curious, say you want to take a trip to Byron and you think maybe while I'm up there, let's see if there's any shifts on the platform. So I adjust my postcode to the Byron postcode. Like maybe I could jump in and do a shift at the Byron hospital and see what it's like. Maybe I'll do a sea change and move up there. And that's that. I'll segue just briefly into one of the other functions of the platform is that because we're a marketplace and we don't own the nurses, if you'll excuse the term, in the way that they're not our employees, we're not deciding who goes where, we facilitate meaningful connections and we actually support the transition to permanent in like a try before you buy. So a nurse can go and test out a bunch of different hospitals and find a place that they really resonate with, nice staff, great culture, interesting patients. And they can see what that's actually like on the ground level before they go and transition across to permanent. I think that's a much more meaningful way of finding a permanent placement than it is going to a job interview and only meeting the manager, having a tour of the department before you decide if you're going to sign a permanent employment contract with them. I like that way of looking at it. You kind of try before you buy because it's such a huge decision when you decide to change jobs. So if you've got a feel for where you're heading, then it makes it much less stressful. Yeah, exactly. And because of the platform being set up under that premise, everywhere that our nurses go, they're being really warmly received by the hospital managers. They were like, oh, maybe this nurse will come and work for us full time. So it creates this beautiful relationship where they're instantly much more warm on each other, not just because they're getting a rating and testimonial, but because this nurse might come and work here as one of our permanent nurses. Yeah, that's wonderful. And do facilities get to leave feedback on nurses' profiles so they can see what they've been doing elsewhere? Yeah, that's right. 
And sometimes it's constructive. It's mostly really positive feedback. I kind of wouldn't mind if there was a bit more constructive feedback in there because it makes it more meaningful. And the nurses, well, you know what it's like. You do such personal work for people. It's nice to get that confirmation, like, thanks so much for coming. It was a really busy day. Probably could improve on your time management, but you're in a new facility and I, we're here to support your work. I totally get it. That ability to provide that feedback. We also, the hospitals provide the nurses rating in three categories. So that's time management, communication, and competence. So that way we can track if a nurse is always getting marked down on their time management, we can start sending them CPD opportunities that can help and support them to improve on their time management. So that whole world is kind of limitless to how much we can support someone in their growth. And then a bit of like blue sky thinking as we mature, we'd love to be like the, not just the Amazon of the nursing workforce, but the Google Maps of the workforce. So a nurse sets their destination, like where they want to go to in their career. And the platform can intelligently suggest, here's some work opportunities for you. And here's some training opportunities and things in your area that can help get you to be an anesthetic nurse eventually. That's wonderful. And it is, it's putting the power back in the nurse's hands with someone kind of almost holding their hand along the way, giving them the encouragement and the support that they need and identifying those areas that there's maybe a gap in their knowledge that they need to fill. So Exactly. I love that. That's wonderful. Thank you. I know you're a big advocate for reducing nurse burnout, and I see this as an amazing way to help with that ongoing problem that we have because you really are empowering the nurses. I hope so. That's what every, all of our discussions with our developers and our entire team in here, we all talk about what's going to have the most meaningful impact. What's going to change someone's day? How is this, how is this going to be received by them? So yeah, it's a, a really big part of it. Now, look, by no means am I an advocate saying everyone should come and do on-demand work because it's not suited to everyone. But there's a portion of the population that want that flexibility. They want to be able to have new experiences, broaden their skills, see new facilities. And I think this offers it in a really meaningful way. That's just, it. yeah different to the current way definitely does and like we were chatting beforehand and I shared with you that agency work just scares me like I've steered away from it my whole career because I don't like the unpredictability of it but that's just me and I but I you're making me look at it in a different way right now listening to you explain how your app works so it's very clever and I think it's very forward thinking as well thank you and it's kind of a beautiful way to transition maybe out of the more traditional roots of nurse recruitment yeah, I think so. And just seeing what else is available to someone out there. So being able to broaden your skills. I've always been under the firm belief that in nursing, you have different ways you build your value, that you build your profile. And that's either you stay in one specialty and you become a nurse specialist in that area. And you become really valuable in that area. You're like the go-to nurse that everyone comes to if they need to learn how to set up a ventilator or do a particular skill. Or there's another type of nurse that is the, the jack of all trades and they can step into a cardiology unit and still run telemetry. They can go into an ICU and look after an HDU patient. And they're that their diversity of skill is a big part of what makes that nurse the nurse they are. But under both directions, whichever way you choose to go, as soon as you step into on-demand work, all of that previous history is just for very little because you become a number to fill a position. Now, the agencies do as good as they can to get the right match into a shift. But the way that that message is communicated is just that Zara Lord, 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. is all that's received on the floor. So the team leader allocating doesn't know whether Zara has two years or eight years of ICU experience. And in some cases, we got aged care nurses in the ICU. Now, that's fine if there's no other nurses but we should have known about it in advance so that we could allocate her appropriately, support her, 
not make her feel quite so scared when she arrived in this big intensive care unit. That the information piece in there is really key to make sure the nurse gets the support and patients get competent care. Oh my God, you probably saw my eyes go shocked when you said an aged care nurse got put in intensive care. I was like, oh my, like that's my big fear, you know, being put out of my comfort zone because I'm one of those nurses who went into theatres six months out of uni and I've been there 20 years now, you know, it's where I, that's my home. That's awesome. That's just the kind of nurse I am. But and to think about going and working in a medical, like a medical admissions unit, I'm like, no. <laughs> because I would just be hopeless you know my skills are so honed to theatre now and recovery but yeah I love what you're offering people the opportunity to do and to have their skill sets recognized and be diverse because nursing's such a diverse career isn't it I mean there's so many different opportunities out there and different kind of nursing and I mean it's my nursing that brought me to Australia I wouldn't be you know that's what got me my visa and I'm forever grateful for that that's awesome. And I think that mobility is such a big part of nursing as one of the perks of nursing is that if you don't like shift work anymore, you can go and work in a clinic. If you're wanting to be more challenged, there's so many areas you can step into. If you're wanting to work from home, there's now telehealth. Like there's so much diversity of experience, but like it is a terrifying thing to step into a new facility and be expected to thrive. And if you're not getting the support of the regular team, maybe even worse, but even working between different intensive care units, you know, I was always pretty confident in my ability. I could work quickly and look after patients competently in my home facility. But throw me in a new hospital and suddenly I don't know where an alcohol wipe is. So it's like, how can you keep up time management in that? But it's funny, like the, you start to see the patterns in the way departments are laid out and that, okay, this is not how we write medical orders, the kind of software or paperwork that we write medical orders in or notes in, but it's kind of similar to something I've used before. So you learn that adaptability. That is, I think, a, it's almost like a specialization of its own, that on-demand nursing that ability to jump into new areas and figure it out. Yeah, most definitely. It's the paperwork, I think. You know, you know how to do the role, as you said, but it's where's the equipment and what's the paperwork because it differs from every facility. And now even with ICT and the breadth of you know, software programs that nurses use, we've actually just recently incorporated that into our profiles is what technology do you have experience in using? Because there's some hospitals that are like, we can't book a nurse in the ICU unless they have Medivision experience. So then we're like, well, we need to profile that because that's now a big part of a nurse's skill set. I've never had to deal with the e-health records. or the, I've not. All paper? I'm all paper where I am. Okay. I'm quite happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, I'm like the electronic health stuff. I'm like, that would be a whole minefield getting to know that. It's a beast. And there's perks of it. Like I love being able to search notes, like search for words in notes. I like being able to read medical notes. That's always a perk. <laughs> but then a lot of our technology in the healthcare sector was built for the financial sector or built by the financial sector. So there's things like when we released our new records for intensive care, I remember that a normal water low score without any abnormalities. So I think in this particular case, it was a 26-year-old bloke. It was 92 clicks to complete a water low score. Oh my goodness. Without any abnormalities. So you get to the end of the day and just to be so confident writing a note on a patient because in ICU, you only have one patient. So you knew everything about them. Whereas when they first released the electronic records, I'd get to the end of the day and you're like, I actually haven't looked at my patient that much today and it felt really unusual 
now we got better at that and, and it all adjusted, but it, it's definitely a process. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, maybe cross that bridge one day. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the moment I'm still with paper, which I'm good with. Fair enough. Don't fix what ain't broke. So you know I'm all about self-care and promoting self-care to the nursing workforce. I love the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Sorry, I, was saying, I love the work you're doing. It's so important and uh, it needs to be a more commonly spoken, uh, more commonly spoken about topic because we all aren't born with the tools and it's there are so many tools out there but I just I love the work you're doing so thank you oh thank you Sarah I speak about having non-negotiables in my self-care to make sure that I am doing it every day what would be your non-negotiable a big one for me strangely enough because I'm actually naturally introverted but a big one for me is catching up with friends they make everything seem okay because I think you don't have to scratch far below the surface to know that everyone's got stuff going on I've all got challenges whether it's financial or family or mental health or what everyone's going through it and knowing that you're not alone I think any personal challenges can be very isolating and if you think you're by yourself it's way more I find it way more difficult to get through it Whereas as soon as you catch up with a friend, they don't have to try and fix you. But for someone just to go, oh my gosh, I know what you mean. Like I had a challenge like that, or my friend was also struggling with that. And then you can talk about different things that help different people. But yeah, catching up with friends just makes me feel sane again. Makes me realize that there's a purpose to all this hard work that we do. It's that feeling seen and heard, isn't it? That connection with others. It's so important that we maintain them. And I love how you say, you know, we've all got stuff going on. Because every single one of us do, you know, there's stuff happening in everyone's life all the time. And that's what I love when I go into the classroom to teach my self-care workshop. Because within the first 10, 15 minutes, you just see everyone going, it's not just me that's feeling like this, you know? And the energy in the room just completely shifts. It's a beautiful thing to watch unfold because once you feel like you found your tribe almost you know and you feel supported and nurtured then you do relax more and you open up and you start to look at things maybe in a slightly different way and you're open to suggestions and absolutely and just to know that you're not a weirdo because you have negative thoughts like just you're not that it's a very normal thing for us to doubt ourselves that your mind is so powerful that it will even make itself believe all these negative things but as soon as you start to talk it out loud you realize that's um, that it's there's no evidence for those negative thoughts it's great to be able to share that that two million year old brain that we've got you know it's programmed for running away from tigers and the caveman days it needs a, a software upgrade sometimes <laughs> that's right it triggers that fight flight freeze and it's actually it's a thought we're having in our heads that's triggering it not the reality of what's happening on the external so yeah absolutely there are some great modules with the wa health actually center for clinical intervention they have some great modules that I did. When I was in my mid-20s, I just felt like I was in a bit of a rush and didn't, didn't love myself. I'd lost my Viva La Vida and I just didn't know how to get that back. Um, they went through this process that is, it's the kind of advice, it was really simple, basic advice. It's the kind of advice you'd give your friend, but your mind is so good at tricking yourself to believe it. it'll build all the evidence to support your hypothesis of this negative self-belief. And every time something happens, it says, yep, see, I told you so. And then to actually go through the process of writing down what that negative self-belief is, what evidence you have of it, what evidence you have of the contrary, what the cost of that negative self-belief is, 
And then you realize that like this doesn't actually stack up when you write it all on paper. You can't lie on paper. And then, well, what's a positive self-belief in reverse of that? And then so you write out your positive self-belief and it seems weird to write all this out, but you have to write it out. Otherwise your mind will just skim over the important stuff and can keep building the evidence to prove your hypothesis. And then you write all the evidence for why this positive self-belief might actually be a, a thing. And then what's the benefit of believing the positive thing? And you're like, well, if I weigh it up, I'm better off believing the positive thing. It was pretty, very simple, but really effective process to go through. Those processes are amazing. And that's why I'm such a big fan of journaling, because when you can journal out how you're feeling, and it's the first thing I get my clients to do when they start working with me is to buy a journal, because I'm like, I'm just going to be encouraging you to journal all this. And I call them, I got this term from Vishen Likwani. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a big name in the personal development space. And he calls them these limiting beliefs, rules. So they're bullshit rules we tell ourselves, you know. And stuff like just societal rules that are not really rules that that keep us stuck in where we are. And it's really interesting, the the human psyche and what it does to trick us. So that's awesome, isn't it? We've just got to trick our mind into working for us, not against us. (laughs) Yeah, well, the thing is, and that's where the power of like gratitude comes in because when we're in gratitude we can't be in fear and like I'm doing a thing with Tony Robbins at the moment and he I was listening to some of it last night and he took us through this amazing process where he just gets us to focus on all the good things because like you said you know we're so good at focusing on all the bad and the negative we can do the opposite with the positive and we can bring all that in and think about all that and it just completely changes your state yeah hundred percent oh that's fantastic it's I'm a big Tony Robbins fan I do his work regularly because it just it keeps me in the mindset because I believe you know every coach needs a coach of their own to keep them accountable 100% it's constantly a work in progress you're never done in this space so that's fantastic he is it Tony Robbins that does a lot of power pose things as well is he he one of the ones that be on a power pose he is big on a power pose he's more into anchoring like he's all about like your energy so your physiology is part of your overall state you know he's got a triangle so your physiology is one so he is into power poses but someone else who's really amazing at power poses is amy cuddy have you ever heard of her yeah have she's amazing it's fantastic i love her work too we'll put references to this in the show notes for everyone in case you're wanting to know more so I actually, I've done a few accelerator programs in the startup space. And before we go in for a big pitch, the facilitators of the accelerator program have quite often got us all to stand there and like do a big, big old power pose for like an awkward two minutes or something like that. But it's so, it's important. It gets you off on the right foot. It is. It's that pattern interrupt. It gets you in that headspace. It's like, I'll share a secret with you all now. And But every time before I record a podcast episode, so I completely disconnect, like it's 9am we connected this morning. I've just done the school run, the craziness of the morning routine. I need to get my head out of that so I can focus on this. I put on some crazy music, like this morning it was Katrina and the Waves walking on sunshine and it's really loud and I dance around the room like crazy for two or three minutes. I'm like, right, okay, now I'm back. (laughs) 
can focus on what I need to do. That's awesome. Good for you. And good to share that you do that as well, because you feel like a total lork in the moment, especially when you're doing it for the first time. But it's so effective that it, I think talking about it more is great because it normalizes it. And it's just one of those things we should all do to get us in the right frame of mind for a particular thing. Definitely. And even like between patients, if we're working on the wards, it's stopping just for even like two or three breaths. So it's not long, you know, 10 seconds or whatever. Just take a few big breaths between them so you can get out of the headspace of one before you walk into the next room. So you're not still thinking about what you were doing previously when you go in and you can be present with your patients. It's very powerful. That's great. And take clean energy into your next patient so they're not copying the whatever vibes were being pushed out from being projected from your previous patients I think having that on center behavior that really clean energy is so important because it yeah like you say focuses you on that person and not with the previous stuff yeah you can be completely present with where you are who you're with so it's just one of these powerful little tips you know yeah fantastic if you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. I always speak about being the best versions of ourselves and that's where self-care comes in because if we're looking after ourselves and always striving to be the best versions of ourselves we're turning up as the best nurse we can be and that's for our patients for our colleagues for the multidisciplinary team and we come home in a different frame of mind as well and we turn up differently to our friends and loved ones who or what inspires you to be the best version of yourself Sarah? I think it's different one of my friends I couldn't tell you I definitely go to different friends for different kinds of support but they inspire me so much, some of them for their gentleness, some of them for their generosity in, in time and what they give emotionally, some of them because they're just absolutely, they're so successful and they just don't question it. I have some friends where I think when I'm writing an email, I think, what would Mark do? How would Mark write this email? He would just ask the question. It would just be to the point. And, I, and it makes me let go of all my other stories because they kind of, it's a bit of, I suppose, fake it till you make it. We don't have all the tools, but if I can pull in little bits of how my other friends, I see them winning at certain things that they do. Now, that's not to say they're all perfect, but if I can see that, you know, Mark's really confident and really capable in getting the things done that he needs to do or having wins in certain areas, I often try and impersonate that and think about how I find that really inspiring and it helps me to project what I'm doing in the right way. So I don't think it's probably like a broad, a bit of a broad stroke answer for you there. Sorry, but it, I really think my network inspire me so much. Do you know, it makes so much sense because success leaves clues. So you follow the ones who are successful and really look at what they're doing and why they're doing it and how they've got to where they are, you know, because that's where the information, where the knowledge, the learning comes from. Exactly. And it's not to put one person up on a pedestal it's to be like hey my friend Sam is 
she's really good at keeping in touch with her friends. And I know I'm not very good at that. So I'll follow her lead a bit and try and pick up some of the ways that she's able to keep in touch with friends and still create that closeness when you're distracted with everything else going on. It's more taking snapshots of what I see other people doing really well and thinking, love to incorporate that kind of win into my life. Because at the end of the day, we get the life that we want. We can craft that. It's just about being being constantly evolving and pulling out the parts of life that we're like, yep, I want to put that in my box of tricks. I want to put that in my toolbox. We become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Yeah, that's so true. So it's very important to be wise about who you're spending your time with because they have a huge impact on you, whether you realize it or not. So yeah, I love that you know that you've got different friends you can go to for different things and it makes lots of sense. Sometimes if you just need a hard truth, you know exactly the people to go to who are going to give me straight up feedback with all the best intentions. (laughs) Yeah, they do it with love don't they but it's um what you need to hear sometimes to get you back into well out of your head and that critical mind like critical self-talk and and back into looking at opportunities exactly so when I first started promoting self-care to nurses I realized very quickly it gets associated with things like you know bubble baths trips to the day spa and I was like no there's so much more to it guys how am I going to do this so I broke it down into five different aspects and I look at the mental, emotional, the physical, the spiritual, and what I call the indulgent aspects of self-care. So the day spas, et cetera. What is your idea of indulgent self-care? I love this. I think it's, and I hope I haven't misinterpreted your meaning of, of indulgent, but I sort of took that as the things that you know probably aren't that good for you, but they give life its viva la vida. They, they give it, is that, am I on the right path there yeah totally yeah yeah it's whatever lights you up what makes you happy brings you joy so for me it's two things there's a lot more than that but two main things one is chocolate I'm a big chocolate and sweets fan I live for it and it's because I love chocolate that I also love exercising so that I can eat more chocolate (laughs) that's one part but also like the odd late night now I can't do late nights very often like I'm in my 30s let's be honest and as soon as I get tired I, I function less so but the odd late night makes you feel young again you're like well that was good I don't want to do it again for a while but that was a lot of fun (laughs) it is good once in a while isn't it I've just pushed 40 so I struggle with them even more but (laughs) (laughs) it does make you feel good I know what you mean it's like reconnecting to that inner child that's still in there that needs to come out and have fun and yeah that's beautiful I love that answer Awesome, I'm glad. It's different for everyone. And that's why I ask these questions, because everyone gives me different answers. And it's whatever brings you joy, what makes you feel good, you know, gives you that viva la vita, as you call it. I love that saying. So, you know, and it's all in moderation. That's right. Yeah. And knowing where the moderation is, obviously. So the rain in the chocolate from time to time. (laughs) I tend to go through phases of overindulging in chocolate, and then I won't have any ages and then <laughs> actually Cadbury's have just brought out this what's it called it's their caramel marble I can't stop eating that stuff it's st- <laughs> and my son's the same we'll start fighting over a bar <laughs> That's awesome. I'm like Elena stop buying it you're eating too much of this stuff but it is delicious <laughs> that's my spot with chocolate at the moment fantastic I think it's a great question to ask. Awesome to see all the different responses you get. I love that part of your podcast where you do ask people that because 
Um, yeah, we don't, it, there's no one recipe for it, but it's about what the purpose of that is and does that fulfill that purpose? Definitely. We're all different. We've all got different needs, you know, so it's also allowing people to recognize that one size doesn't fit all when it comes to self-care. You know, it's whatever self-care means to us rather than what we think it should be, because we can get caught up in this kind of hamster wheel of, oh, well, self-care to like Tracy is doing yoga three times a week I should be doing that and it's like no that's her self-care not yours you know so it's just recognizing what it means to you and not to everyone else absolutely so I absolutely love what you're doing with you paged thank you very much such a wealth of clinical experience behind you too thank you I wish there was more technology built by clinicians. So I hope if, even if you page stops tomorrow, I hope that it inspires other clinicians to get into this world, whether it's you don't have to run a startup. I've seen nurses that are also user experience designers and user interface designers. So they work in hospitals, but they also do design work on the side. And I think that cross-pollination of industries, there's so much opportunity for it. It's, it's really cool to see, and I hope more clinicians inspire the future of healthcare technology. What inspired you to get into healthcare technology then, Zara? New technology could do it better. The, I worked on both sides of agency nursing. So I was a full-time permanent nurse receiving agency nurses that we knew nothing about. But I also worked as an agency nurse being placed in hospitals and having to prove yourself in a really short period of time. I loved the work. I loved being able the challenge of proving myself to a brand new group of nurses but I felt like there was a lot of room for improvement and then when I found out that agencies charge such big fees I was like this could all be so much better with technology and create a more seamless instantaneous and informed decision making that didn't didn't cost the world so I also grew up on a cattle station in remote northwest Queensland where we didn't have everything at our fingertips we're 120 kilometers from a small country town so out there if you wanted something fun you made it yourself I actually did up a car that I pulled out of the dump yard of my parents cattle station when I was 14 and got it going again we bought a, a new alternator for it before we put the alternator in realized it just had a shorted out wire which we fixed the shorted out wire and this car ran like a dream so at the age of 14 I had this old HJ Holden Kingswood that I would tear around the property on. That's awesome. I think for me, I loved a project and I love learning new skills, but the journey of it, you've got to love the journey because otherwise you're not going to get in there and do the hard work. There's two things. You need to stay close to why you're doing it because it's the why that keeps you going when things get tough. And then just continuing to enjoy the journey, even when it's a hard day, just trying to pull joy into it any way you can yeah that's beautiful it's so important to connect to that why because that is as she said you know it's what keeps you moving keeps you going absolutely you need that in a startup <laughs> yeah definitely or you can some days think why am I doing this I've had moments like that with the podcast and I think why am I doing this to myself but I just I can't help it I love it you know and yeah I think my biggest lesson with especially the podcast has been outsourcing, like realizing that I need to stay in my own lane, focus on what I'm good at. Like if I'd had to edit all this myself, I would have given up months ago, but I've got a post-production team and they do all that. Awesome. So I get to have the amazing fun bit in having these wonderful conversations and then the rest just happens by magic. It's amazing. And they do an amazing job. That's fantastic. So good to recognize that there's, 
other people out there that are experts in these fields and can do it. And I think one of the common questions I get is, how did you get into tech when you're non-technical? And I'm like, oh, but there's developers that know how to do that. So you hire a good developer. And as long as you've got a good relationship where you can work together really closely and you don't need to know how to write code, and I shouldn't be writing code because I need to do a myriad of other jobs in the business doesn't make sense for me to sit there and write code don't get me wrong I constantly tell my lead developer that I'm competing for CTO competing for the role of chief technical officer with him which he obviously just laughs at sarcastically (laughs) (laughs) I would be lost I struggle just doing um keeping my website up to date that's something that I've learned to outsource to good yeah oh it's been wonderful chatting to you so the important thing is where can the listeners find you if they want to find out more about you paged and yeah awesome so we have a website upaged.com that's u-p-a-g-e-d.com we're not live everywhere across australia we're still a fairly early stage company we're across most of the east coast but if they follow us on linkedin instagram facebook can follow me zara lord on LinkedIn. We're constantly posting updates and lots of industry insights. And we're building a really cool community of nurses that really care about their skills and experience and about raising their profile. So we'd love people to join the community, join the discussion. And we sometimes even poll nurses about what features they want to see in it. So we like to think that we're all together building this platform that's going to ultimately serve nurses in a really impactful way. How beautiful. And I've got a lot of international listeners. If there's international listeners who are thinking about coming to Australia to work, would it be an option if they've got all their visas and stuff too? Depends what the hospitals want. So typically we don't, but I think that that's something we will incorporate eventually. Yeah. Our current model is that we can't place a nurse on a sponsorship because we're not the employer of nurses. We can't offer sponsorship. That said, I'd really like to see it that someone could build a UPage profile and then find sponsorship opportunities, especially if we could make that a longer term engagement. Not where we're at yet, I'm sorry, but everything's a work in progress and the sky's the limit with what we can do. Who knows? Watch this space. Most definitely. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there in case there's any the international listeners wonder. Yeah, absolutely. One day we'll do it. One day, yeah. Of course. Rome wasn't built in a day. It all takes time, doesn't it? That's right. Well, it's been awesome chatting to you. I will put all those links to your socials and your website in the show notes so everyone can find them there as well if they want to reach out or find out more. And Thank you, Elena. Thank you for what you're bringing to the nursing workforce. I think it's amazing the empowerment that you're, you're bringing to our nursing colleagues and giving them the power to, yeah, to decide where they want to work and who they want to work for. Thank you, Elena. And and likewise, I have so much awe, absolutely in awe of the work you do. It's such an important topic and I love the the approach you take to it, which is really all about that individual, very individualistic approach. I would love to see, we consider ourselves high tech, high touch. So even though we have this technology, there's definitely a massive human element right the way through our technology. So I love to incorporate more of what you're doing in the technology so that we can keep growing this community of nurses that look out for each other and do self-care in a really meaningful way. Well, thank you. I'd love to um, brainstorm that more with you one day. Yeah, absolutely. But thank you for having me on here. It was a very interesting discussion. Absolutely loved the conversation. So thank you. That's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, 
head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon and in the meantime remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others.